Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it, or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord. They must be cut off from their people. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly, so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Good evening, everyone. My name is Louisa, and I'll be doing the second reading for tonight. Um, That reading is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 23. So 1 Peter 1, starting at verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of your life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, 
so that you have a sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Well, 11 years ago, I married my wife. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm pretty thankful. Now, if I was to say to you that I half married my wife, you'd be like, what? It's a bit ridiculous. That's because it is ridiculous. If I was to say I got half married, because sometimes I'm married to Eliza and sometimes I'm not. You know, it's like, Eliza, I'm happy to be married to you for five days of the week, but two days of the week we're not married. Well, that's ridiculous, right? Or, you know, uh, our kids. Oh, I'm a dad at least for, you know, before and after school. But when they're at school, uh, I'm not a dad anymore. That would be ridiculous. Certainly, uh, you know, people can act at times in their life like they're only married part-time. But the reality is that when you are married, you're married. Uh, reality has changed for you. If I claim to be half married, there'd be a gap between reality and my behaviour. That's just not how reality works. You're either married or you're not. You're either a parent or you're not. You're either graduated or you're not. There is no in-between in those things. And in today's section of Leviticus, uh, God says to the whole of his people, you're mine. You're mine. Don't live like others do. Don't live like other nations. Live for me. It's either you're for me or you're not. And God calls for the Israelites uh, to seek holiness in all of their lives in their whole life, and to not take on any other parts of the nations around them, of Cana and Egypt. But he says, he calls them to dedicate themselves wholly to their holy God. He called for holiness, I want you to remember this, he called for their holiness to be extensive in their lives, to cover their whole life, both individually and communally. It's all or nothing. It's either you're in or you're out. There's no sitting on the fence or switching between, just like I couldn't claim to be half married to my wife. Now, uh, we know that uh, for the Israelites, uh, seeking holiness wasn't to win favour with God. Uh, Last week, as we heard about the most important calendar day of the year, where God showed them how he was going to deal with their sin. Because the holy God Yahweh was already amongst them as he, as he met with them through the tent of meeting. Leviticus was God graciously showing them how to live with a holy God in their midst. And tonight we're in the section of Leviticus that talks about uh, moral purity. You know, before the Day of Atonement we talked about ritual purity and then we came to these chapters uh, last week about the Day of Atonement and then today we come to moral purity. Right after God had explained that day that they would be consecrated and forgiven and in light of the Day of Atonement, he says, now live it out with your life. Live it out. So uh, we read from chapter 19 tonight. Uh, We're actually talking about kind of the whole of chapters 18, 19 and 20. But why chapter 19? 
Well, because there's this literary device in Hebrew language, everyone say chiasm. Yeah, chiasm is this, uh, you know, technique that's used that emphasises the thing in the middle. And so here we find this is what's happening, is God is emphasising what are in these chapters. So if we talk about chapters 18 and 20, what happens is they pretty much mirror each other, pretty much bang on. They talk about the exact same stuff, but just even at times the exact same sentences. And they mirror each other. So this is what a chiasm is. They mirror each other and then chapter 18 sits in the middle. And God's kind of emphasising this is what all these three chapters are about. So with that in mind, we read from chapter 19 and this is where we see the call for the Israelites to imitate God and that's kind of the emphasis. That their holiness in their relationships with each other would be extensive. That through every relationship that they have and in every part of being a part of the Israelites, that they would be holy. So, we've talked about a lot of times the word holy over the last little while, so I need your help. What I'd like you to do is just quickly talk to the people around you and remind each other, what does holy mean? What does the word holy mean? Okay? I'll give you 30 seconds. And if you don't know, then just listen up and just say, oh, Oh, yeah, you tell me. What do you think? Okay. I'll give you 30 seconds and then we're going to come back. Hopefully, you've kind of talked to each other, reminded each other about the different aspects of holiness. Well, we have learned that Leviticus shows us how corrupt Israelites can live near the presence of this holy, pure and holy God. And in tonight's passage, God says, be holy, just like me. Israel, be holy. So if you've got your Bibles in front of you, open up to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. It starts by this. It says, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. So who is he addressing? Everyone, not, it says the entire assembly, right? So previously we've seen that he's been talking to Moses or he's been talking to Moses and Aaron or he's been talking to Aaron and Aaron's sons or he's been talking to Israel. But here he says, speak to the entire assembly. So that is that everyone who can comprehend, men, women and children, all of them together, that they should hear what he's about to say. And what does he want them to do? What does he want them to hear? Well, it is that they would imitate him, that they would be holy like him. Now, uh, 2020 in lockdown, uh, Pippa and I, we were reading books on the floor and uh, we were lying next to each other and I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to take a photo. So, you know, do the whole selfie thing, get the good double chin there. Um, and her hand wasn't there at first, so we took a photo. And then what she did was she said, oh, Daddy, can I do that too? And I was like, do what? And she said, do this. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so she saw something. She, she had recognized the love that I'd shown her. There was something in our relationship that made her go, I want to be like dad. And here, likewise, God is saying, imitate me. Not that I told her to, to do that, but she did that. But here, God says, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And who was called to be holy? Who? 
the entire assembly, everyone, the whole of the nation, the priests and the lay, everyone, the entire assembly. So holiness was to be extensive in the whole of the community, right? Everyone was called to be holy. Everyone is to seek holiness, the whole community, not just the priests. But the call to be holy, why? Well, because their Lord, Yahweh, is holy. And God's holiness is this idea of utter purity. It's what distinguishes him from other gods, that he is completely different to other gods. Yahweh wanted Israel to not blend into the surrounding nations of, of Cana and Egypt, but to represent himself. He wanted them to represent him, to represent Yahweh to the nations, the pure and powerful God that he is. You see, the other gods, they were spoken of as fallible, that they would fail, but he called himself holy. The gods of the other nations were unpredictable and angry and far off. Yet our God, Yahweh, came amongst his people. The holy God brings himself down to dwell near his people and he graciously provides a way for the Israelites to know what he expects of them and shows them a way to have their sins atoned for. God is not saying to Israel here, get yourself together before you come to me because he's already come amongst them. But he says, because I am holy and I'm amongst you, then your lives need to be different. Holiness was something that was absolutely required of Israel. Even though God is a God of grace and overlooked their sin time and time again, especially uh, because of what they had done, he, he called them to live differently amongst the nations, especially with their relationships with each other. And that's what this whole section talks about. You see, God, he forgave them for their sin constantly, but that did not mean that God's people could live any way that they wanted. Their lives had to be different. And God wasn't simply calling for compliance to rules and ticking the boxes. And neither was their holiness, uh, was he seeking uh, for them to simply be very morally good. That's not what it was about. Holiness was being wholly dedicated, as in extensively dedicated to God. Dedicating their life and their whole community to him. Doing everything, not for themselves, but for their holy God. And so... God says, Israel, be holy. And now he says, be holy in every way. And this is that section, some of that section that we read from tonight, but more, uh, where God lays out the extent to which their holiness must reach in their lives. How much of their lives needs to be holy. So it was for the whole of Israel, as we've said, and it was to be the whole of their individual lives. Now, chapter 19 has a bunch of rules, right? Some of you might have got the Colin Buchanan song in your head. Um, right, look, I grew up in a house where we had Colin Buchanan and there's this song where it goes, Do not lie, do not steal, do not deceive. Well, anyway, so there's a bunch of rules, right? And some of them you'll go, oh, I've heard them before. I've heard them in the Ten Commandments or something like that. Well, the rules are there because they set them apart from the nations around them. So they would, God was saying, keep 
keep your culture that I have given you and don't be polluted by the idolatries of the nations around you. Holiness is for you, especially in your relationships with one another. That's what he's saying. And God says that his holiness uh, was to imitate him in the way that he has loved them. He wants them to be the same. Well, what we're going to do is we're just going to quickly look at, uh, I've kind of tried to summarise them a little bit uh, because we could spend you know, a few weeks on these kind of different rules, but we're just going to kind of quick, do a quick little summary. Now, God shows what holiness looks like for many aspects of life here. And as I said, you know, it's interspersed with uh, some of the Ten Commandments that you might remember that you might have memorised when you were a kid. And amongst these sporadic reviews of Ten Commandments, he then chucks in these extra ones. And you can see them on the screen. Um, well, maybe you can't because I've made them really small. But the first one is, be holy at home. And so verse 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 3 it talks about honouring your parents. And verse 29 talks about the way that parents should treat their kids. So you're called to be holy at home. And then uh, verse 10, it talks about the vineyard, that you were called to be holy in the way that you kind of picked up stuff. What do you call it? Harvest. That's the word. Harvest your vineyard, that you weren't to get all of it because you were actually called to love the vulnerable, that they would be able to come and pick up some as well. So, at home, and I guess at work as well. Um, But then he says, be holy in your relationship towards God. In verse 12, talks about honouring God. So, be holy towards God. And then, be holy towards others. In verse 16, the idea of not endangering others, but actually protecting them. And then, verse 17 and 18, talks about loving your neighbour, especially in your heart and in your mind. So, the things that you think. And then verse, you know, we jump forward to verse 27, 28, talks about with your body, the way that you use your body. And then verse 31 talks about in your spirituality, so not going to other gods. It talks about mediums, not going to other mediums or mediums. Uh, then it says in verse 33 and 34, it talks about in the way that uh, like foreign relations, uh, you know, how do we treat the refugee or the alien well? And then also in business, in 35 and 36, it says, don't dodge the systems. You know, don't use dodgy weights. Don't, all these kind of things. He says, be people of integrity in business. And so this is kind of like, this is just a really quick run through of some of those, right? But as you look at them, you can see that God is saying, be holy in every area of your life, in every aspect. And Verse 18 and, and 20, you know, we know that it talks about uh, sexual integrity, talks about your worship integrity as well, that you wouldn't worship other gods um, in weirdly specific ways those chapters go into it. But God was saying, in light of who I am, the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, let holiness be in every part of your life, in every relationship. Let holiness be extensive. Israel were called to be holy in every way. But this was a word for Israel, right? You know, just for them. You're right, this was a word for the Old Testament Israelites. But as many of you will know, it's affirmed for in the New Testament 
for New Testament Christians by Jesus himself and the apostles, he says the exact same thing. He says uh, in there in Matthew chapter 5, he says even more, he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And in Luke 6, again kind of imitating, he says, you know, be like your Father. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. And then we heard it in 1 Peter tonight. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. What was once for the Jew, the Israelite, it is now a call for all God's people. All God's hot people. Be holy in every way. God's expectations of this people, the Israelites, was all-encompassing. He needed to be Lord of every single part of their lives. As one theologian put it, oh, this, he says, from the corners of their beards to the corners of their fields. That was how they were called to be holy. From the corners of their beards to the corners of their fields. And it's no less the case for us who live after Jesus, people from the New Testament. New Testament Christians, Jesus himself expected much of his disciples, we see. Yet for some reason, we think that God doesn't expect much of us. Uh, another theologian guy, Jerry Bridges, he says this. He says, true salvation brings with it a desire to be made holy. You see, we have what's called positional holiness, that when we come to faith, that we have been declared holy. But then there's this thing called practical holiness, which is living out that holiness and growing, being sanctified, being made more and more like his son, Jesus. And you might have been in other churches where you've heard someone say something like, you know, one of the myths is that God deserves perfection. And you cannot do anything to make God more pleased with you than he is right now. And, you know, like there's truth in that. That because of what Jesus has done, we have been forgiven, we've been declared holy. But we actually need to keep living it out. Jesus himself, what does he say? He says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The goal of the Christian is to become more like Jesus. So, what does it look like to be holy? How do I know when I'm seeking holiness? Can I actually be holy? We see in the New Testament, Leviticus 19 talks about multiple times. You could go to James and you could actually like pick out bits and go, oh, I reckon that's from, from Leviticus. And I don't know if you saw it tonight in 1 Peter where there's just these images that you go, man, this is coming back from Leviticus. But when, po when Peter points back to Leviticus 19 the reader should kind of think this is a call to live God's way in every way, to let his holiness, to let him sanctify us in every area of our life. Holiness must be extensive. Peter says, don't conform to your old ignorant ways, but live differently. Be holy because you follow a holy God. For you who, who claim to be a Christian, this is a call on your life. Set yourself apart. Be different. Your life is not your own. So let God work in every inch of your life, in every relationship. How? How do I let go of those things that I know I need to change? 
How do I follow this command to set myself apart? We're called to meditate on his word and obey his word. Obedience to God's commands is probably, I think, one of the most neglected means of grace that I think we remember. Holiness is not about you know, warm feelings by which we feel close to God, but it is about growing close. Uh, growing in holiness is drawing near to God and imitating him in every area of your life. Imitating him. So we're to look to Jesus and live like he did. 11 years ago, what did I do? I committed to marrying my beautiful wife. And if I was to say, I'm half married now, you'd laugh at me. Well, you should. Reality changed on that day, right? From the moment the minister pronounced, I now pronounce you husband and wife, bam, husband and wife from that point on. The same logic applies to knowing God. You can't confine God to a certain time in your week or to a certain part in your heart or to certain relationships. You're either in or you're out. You're either, you know, there's there's no sitting on the fence. You're either in or you're out. So I guess my question is, have you confined God to a certain time of the week? Have you confined God to Sunday and to community groups? Have you confined your relationship to God only in certain relationships with other people? God says holiness must be extensive. Your entire life must be set apart for him. Are you the same person at church as you are at work? or school, or uni? Where have you excused in your life sin? Where have you said, oh, that's okay, I'm not ready to give that over to God yet? And where do you look just as much like your colleagues or your peers? Where, where do you look the same as them? 1 Peter one thirteen. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. You and I are called to not be conformed to the world, to not be like our colleagues, but to be different. And Peter reminds us of the motivation in verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But you were poured with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. Verse 22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Before I pray, I want to give you a moment to pray and ask God, where 
are you just like your colleagues? Where do you just look the same as everyone else? I'm going to give you a moment. Pray and, and ask God to help you in that. And then I'll pray. God, we know that holiness needs to be extensive, that you've called for our whole life. You ask us for our whole life. And God, uh, I I feel the heaviness of that, uh, me knowing my own sin and for us knowing our own sin. God, uh, we know that there are areas of our life that we don't have together. And we know that we'll be fighting against sin until Jesus comes again. So, Lord, uh, we want to give you thanks that the good news is that you don't leave us to be holy by our own strength. God, thank you for your spirit, that he is working in us, sanctifying us, making us holy more and more like your son, Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks that you are working. And we pray that you would help us in community groups as we gather together on Sundays, as we read read the Bible with mates or we pray for each other. Lord, would you help us to not feel hopeless in this, but be reminded of the incredible gift that you have given us, that Jesus' precious blood was spilt for us, a lamb without blemish or defect. So Lord, now that you have purified us through that, Lord, we pray that you would help us to give all of our lives to you, every relationship, God, we pray that you would help us to love you and to love others. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.